Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And I'm Daphne. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to all things dark and twisty. This week we are covering the new Mortal Kombat film. Right here from 2021. It's 2021. here. <laughs> yeah, I should have added that. Um, thanks for throwing that in. Yeah, yeah, just just to be clear, it's the 2021 movie, not the, um, what was it, 95? We're not going back to Annihilation or, or yeah. the original. Oh, um. goodness. I actually watched that last night, too, after I watched oh, wow. uh, the 2021, my rewatch. I watched um, mm-hmm. Annihilation because it's all on HBO Max right now. So, yeah. you know, it's all there. If you pull up Mortal Kombat, they're all there. And I thought, what the hell you know i just put it on the background while i was finishing up notes and you know and i thought oh <laughs> man probably a better use of like two hours of like rabbit hole and mortal Kombat than what i did last night after watching the movie mm-hmm. which was going a very more specific uh rabbit hole ended up watching a two hour long video on youtube that was every single fatality from every single game. Oh, so, my <laughs> yes, there's that. I love it. That's that should have been a better use of my time. I actually did pull up a couple of fatalities. So, um, that that's amazing. I didn't know there were that many out there. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we, oh, there's a lot of characters that they did not touch on in this movie. So sequel. many. Um, I'm down for a sequel. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, so everyone has probably heard our special guest by now. Welcome, Daphne, to Strange Indeed. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We are super excited to have you now for, um, I know we talk about it quite often when Pake and I podcast because we're always promoting um, y'all's podcast, Run For Your Lives podcast. Um, And also you guys had me as a guest and we talked about Jaws. So, uh, you know, everyone should probably be familiar with your voice just from that. But um, if not, you know, we're super excited to have you here. And I'm so happy that you um, agreed to talk some Mortal Kombat um, with me and Pake. I loved the original, 
as cool. cheesy as it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this one for different reasons. There were things about it that I just, yeah, I loved it. Good. I didn't have to think when I was watching it. So it was fun to just, mm-hmm. you know, immerse myself in just the madness in the movie. It was just great. And I've seen the game played. Like, I'm not a gamer. Mm-hmm. But I've seen the game played quite a few times. And so there were a lot of little tie-ins that I absolutely loved. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, that's good. It's good. Uh, I'm glad that you had, you know, even if, if you didn't play the whole game a lot, you know, just seeing it and being familiar with it, like what, you know, basically what it's about and, you know, some of the moves or, you know, some of the fatalities and things like that. I think that kind of helps. I don't think you have to know it so much to be able to enjoy the movie but i think it really helps um um make it a little bit better kind of like the mandalorian yeah. like you don't have yeah. to watch star wars to love or appreciate mandalorian but if you are a star wars fan it just makes you love the mandalorian even more because yeah. there's always fun you, easter eggs and <laughs> exactly you know, if you have an yeah. understanding of the lore and the backstory and mm-hmm. the characters and then yeah there's so many fun nods and Easter eggs and like fan service to the game series in this movie. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So much. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad (laughs) I will. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, Paik, what about you? Have have you played the game? Are you a fan of the game? Yeah. Familiar? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've played, I haven't played like all of them because (laughs) there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. I've I've played some of like the original, you know, MK like one and two, like, and the arcade machines, you know, arcade boxes and stuff back in the day. Those are awesome. And then, you know, I think I had like, ah, what are even like, I don't even know. Like, I guess like mortal Kombat, but it was like the 2011, like re really like it was like, you know, that version, but then Mm -hmm. they just went back to the mortal Kombat name or whatever. I played a lot of that one. And then I haven't played like the newer ones, you know, like uh, X and 11 and stuff, but I've seen a lot of stuff from those. So I know there's some new characters in the games that are like, Ooh, I need to, I need to catch back up and play some <laughs> of the newer ones again. It's been, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, as I, when I posted um, that we were going to cover this, I had mentioned that I'm a longtime fan. I played the arcade games you know, from way back. Uh, that's old school for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then played them on the console as well. I, I don't think I've played every single version, but I've played many. Uh, we are longtime Mortal Kombat fans in this house. You know, my daughter grew up on Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat. I was one of those terrible parents that, you know, had had the video game playing and had the fatalities going, you know, while she's, you know, like five <laughs> sitting there watching it. Eh, she's fine. She she hasn't um, hurt anyone as of yet. So I think we did okay. But um, so yeah, long time fan, big time fan um, of the game. And I was a fan of the, like you, Daphne, the uh, original one that came out in the 90s. Although I remember being a, just, probably slightly disappointed in the original only because I thought it didn't quite meet, you know, like the gore that I wanted, the fighting and the gore that I wanted, but it it was still definitely did not. It did not. (laughs) There were a lot of places they could have gone with it that they didn't follow through with. Mm -hmm. And it was, there were a lot of cheesy parts. Yeah. You know, the acting was okay. The effects were okay. This one lived up to what I was hoping for so much more <laughs> because it gave us things that I wasn't expecting. And the, and those Easter eggs, I mean, it, it was just great. 
Yeah. There were just well, moments. Yeah. There were moments in it where I was just thinking, oh man, they got this right. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they were totally okay with job. going in being like, this is going to be a hard R and there's a reason for that. It's like, you can't do Mortal <laughs> Kombat without the violence and the gore and we'll throw in the language. We'll throw in the like tension and because it's Mortal Kombat, you, that's how right. it should be done. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciated that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, looking back and thinking about it, the original when it was released in the nineties, you know, um, cause that's when the game was still kind of newish. Um, you know, it, it had that PG-13 rating, you know, the gore wasn't there. And I, I kept thinking about it, even though I was disappointed at the time, which I was just a little bit older than maybe some of the um, younger generation that was playing. But most of the, the when the game came out, it, you know, it was, um, you know, there were teenagers playing it. So I think they went with that mm-hmm. PG-13 rating to kind of keep it like, well, we got young people watching. Let's keep it, you know, to a minimum. But mm-hmm. now... All of us teenagers that were fans, you know, we're adults yeah. now. We want it, and and they brought it um, in this one. So that that brought it home for me. I I thought this one was great. I you know not that there, you know, probably couldn't have been a few things that I would have liked to have seen more of, but I I mean it was total like fan service for me, and I don't mean that in a bad way or a negative yeah. way. It's it's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I so. feel like that's what they wanted to do with it. Because mm-hmm. I did some reading behind the scenes stuff, and they were very careful with some of the things like casting. Mm-hmm. They wanted to cast people that were that kind of matched up with the characters, where the characters were from, what they represented. They wanted to cast people that were from those regions so that it would t- – they wanted it to tell the story better. Right. Um, and they also cast a lot of martial artists, mm-hmm. like in some of the roles, which yeah. made a huge, to me, made a huge difference because then it didn't look like an actor doing the martial arts scenes. It was a martial artist who was also the actor. Oh, and totally. I liked that a lot. Totally. And I, I mean, it just makes it more believable. Like yeah. when yeah. you saw these guys in their, you know, when they're training or when they're actually um, fighting in combat, it's believable. Like, oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally buying that this person knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, and that they're yeah. skilled. So, well, yeah, it was sense. much more was much more authentic. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Um, uh, the other cool thing, too, is Simon McCoy, mm-hmm. who directed the movie. This was his first film. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh, this is great. What a great segue into directing films. Yeah, to absolutely. get to do this blockbuster and a big I responsibility. Mean, I mean, it's yeah. it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's a huge fran- or video game franchise. Anyway, maybe it yeah. hasn't quite made that um, yet for movies, but it's a huge franchise with a huge fan, you know, following. So I can't imagine the weight of that and what it's like to take mm-hmm. that on and it being like your first film. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's hard to make a video game movie. I yeah. mean. So many of them have sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Brothers. Mm. You know, there's one. Man, there's the, can... the jewel in the crown 
of the no. terrible video game adaptations. Yeah. There's <laughs> right so, there. so many that we could talk about. But um Yes. Well, I think, I'm glad we're talking about this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this one. Um well with that being said, before we go too far into our notes, um we're, we're doing a top three this week instead of five, since we have three of us to just, you know, make sure that everyone is able to get in their points and then of course we'll have notes. Um so Daphne as our special guest, um, would you like to start us off with your number three? Yes, I would love to. I had to play around with my numbers for these. I put some into the notes and then I would pull them back up into the numbers and then I would switch things around because, yeah, there were a lot of cool things about this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So my number three is the Scorpion backstory that we got from Hanzo Hanzo Hasashi, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Scorpion. I kind of call this the birth of Scorpion because – In the original film, we saw him and Sub-Zero being these minions of Shang Tsung. It was not this. This wasn't the character. We got the character in this one. And you meet him with his family, and they're just living a a very simple, calm life. And then his his wife and son are killed, and... um, I loved that story. I loved the connection that they had with um, Cole being a descendant of him. I thought that was neat. I, you know, it was painful at the end after he's been killed by Sub-Zero before he was Mm Sub-Zero. And he's crawling, trying to get to his daughter who's in the floorboards. And I just thought, So it was so painful. And the actor that played that role is, was a bit older than some of the others that were cast in the different parts Mm -hmm. by like 20 years. Yep. However, yeah. And I questioned when he was cast in that role, I'm thinking, Oh, I don't know if he can pull this off. He exceeded my expectations. Um, I yeah, just he's really... incredible. After mm-hmm. after seeing him in Westworld, you know that yes. he's got yes. the chops. I think it's yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was in Endgame too, Avengers Endgame, in a really small uh-huh. small role. Yep. Yeah, he's been in a few things. He's been in a lot of Japanese movies, mm-hmm. and he's one of the people that was cast in the role that was already a martial artist. Like he had studied martial arts, so he already had what he needed. Like. To make things authentic. Yeah. I liked, yeah, I love the the opening landscape, the cinematography of the opening scenes where he's, you know, going to get the water and coming back. That area, it just looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I really, I just, I appreciated that we got this backstory because we didn't get it in the first film. Yep. And Scorpion is pretty important in the games because he's one of the first. Hell yeah. Yeah. One of the first set of characters that was in the very first Mortal Kombat game. And so where I didn't think that he got enough in the first film, I feel like in this film, they really brought him to life and gave us that story, that background that I'm sure video game fans were pretty stoked to get. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's awesome. He's, the, the creator of the game, or one of them, Boone, has said that it's his favorite character. Out of every character they've ever done in any game, Scorpion is still his number one. <laughs> so great. Yeah. 
I remember, though, seeing the ad, the first trailer for this movie, and I really liked it, except for the part where he said, get over here, because I'm thinking this doesn't sound right. This sounds a little (laughs) weird. I'm not sure about this. And then once the movie came out and I saw it, it, yeah, I was fine with it after that. It just, I think I was just jarred that first time that I saw it. And Mm -hmm. I just love the way that he delivered some of his lines, especially like, You wanted me to burn in the flames of hell, but I learned how to control them. And I'm like, you are bad ass. Yes. Yes. That is the scorpion I was expecting. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. That's good. Number three. Um, Peak is your number three. My number three actually is pretty much the exact same, uh, just a little broader. <laughs> but yeah, because I have Scorpion versus Sub-Zero as my number three and that story. And yeah, so you talked about, you know, Sub-Zero killing his uh, wife and son. And it was just like really messed up. Like it was hard to see a little mm-hmm. bit, but like, yeah, I love that, that that opening scene immediately kicks in, though, with like the the video game style like gore and moves and like the different stuff like you're watching it and you're like this is stuff I've seen in the games like the way that mm-hmm. these moves are pulled off the way that and it's that was really cool because it just throws you into the world and lets you know like we're telling this story but we're also giving you a lot of as a fan of the games like we're giving you a lot of stuff visually that you're gonna love and so that's that's really cool but story wise is yeah you know talk about the reason that Bihan does this as he's known before becoming sub-zero is we have we we find out that there's this prophecy that you know the the outworld has won the past nine tournaments and if they win 10 tournaments earth realm loses 10 tournaments that then the outworld gets to just come in and take over them and and conquer them but there's a prophecy that's saying that the earth realm is going to win this one as it rolls around because of the bloodline of hanzo hasashi and so Bihan has decided that, nope, I'm going to go ahead and break the rules there a little bit. If I kill his entire family and himself and end that bloodline, then they can't do that. Of course, he fails by not knowing that there is a baby girl under the floorboards that Raiden comes in and takes in and protects and raises. And the the lineage lives on into Koliang, which is, is cool. You know, I know a lot of people were hoping when they kind of got some of the inklings of this story that Cole Young was going to become the new Scorpion. Mm-hmm. And instead he just got like a really cool golden sweater, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> with matching baton blades. Right. But no, I, I thought yeah. it was really cool. Uh, the way that his, I guess that's his arcana is this suit. It's, it's a little weird, but it did remind me of Black Panther since we were talking MCU a little bit. You mentioned Endgame, but because mm-hmm. that was like the Black Panther suit it was like it absorbs the energy of impacts and hits. And then you're able to transfer that into energy out, you know, into an attack. And so it seems that's kind of what his power was, was doing that is he could sit there and take an ass whooping for a little bit and then take that energy <laughs> and and direct it, it back yeah, at his back opponent. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, I actually... Some reading that I did um, on that, actually, it it does mean something. It's kind of odd. And I I kind of thought the same thing. I thought, he's going to be our scorpion, right? Um, That's what I thought, too. And then when he develops his and discovers his arcana, and it becomes this, like you said, his his sweater um, that that, um, that forms around him. But what's interesting about that is that um, the, the weaving 
of that, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it like an armor for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. Um, the weaving of it matches the weaving of his ancestors' baskets. If you look at the baskets mm. from the beginning scene, um, I think it's the water baskets. It matches the weaving of that. And then it also is very subtle, but on um, where he had that dragon like tattoo birthmark, yeah. um, where that is on his shoulder, really big, that um, same dragon image is on his on in, in in that weaving as well. So you can see that That's dragon cool. image Ooh. and the weaving of that. And I think that's to represent his ancestry, his history yeah. and ancestry in this bloodline. And that's important to Cole's story because um, he said he was an orphan in Chicago, right? And so he thinks mm-hmm. he has no family, no history. And that's something that, you know, his family's important to him, you know, that he has his wife and his daughter and his ancestry is important to him knowing where he came from and who he is. And that was a big part of, you know, when he discovered that, that that's how he helped develop that arcana um, and gave him those powers. And so I thought that was kind of cool how they, cause Cole's a new character. Cole is not yeah. in any of the yes. video Never. games. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of people had issues with Cole and I, and I don't, I don't hate him at all. And I think I'm growing to love him even more. I'm excited to see, you know, if we get some sequels where he goes, but yeah. I thought that was a fun little tie in that that's how they developed that. Like what powers are we going to give him? And that they decide to kind of use his ancestry and where he came from as a descendant of Scorpion you know, um, yeah. into his arcana thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And maybe they could even tie into using that character in future games. I don't know how much <laughs> they, they want to tie the universes together, they but yeah. it is a pretty cool, <laughs> cool thing. Cause he has some of his own stuff and I do really mm-hmm. like that, but it is also cool to see Scorpion as his character of Hanzo Hasashi. Oh, and wow. yeah. And I love that we get more of that. You know, when he does come back, that battle between them at the end was just, amazing incredible it really was because i love the ice effects they gave sub-zero the whole movie like even jumping back to Mm -hmm. whenever he goes after cole the first time in town you know it starts snowing and then the snow hardens and rises up and then he throws it back down and freezing the bullets from the gun as Jax is trying to shoot him like there's a lot of really cool stuff that they gave him that was just visually insane and really fun to watch like i i really like that stuff and so of course when you get the the two of them meeting and that big fight, you know, you mentioned like, get over here. And it's, yeah. it's not exactly like, you know, you're expecting it from the game, but I, I love, you know, the way that it, it worked out. I think you said, once you see it in the full context of the movie, you're like, it's nope, perfect. nope, I'm totally okay it's with good. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, great Sub-Zero moments. I mean, the ice wall is a big thing, you know, building that up and throwing him through it or turning Hanzo's blood into a like blade to stab back into him. Uh, that move like that that, awesome that is so cool (laughs) and that ended up releasing hanzo like using like raiden gave him that tool that kunai tool too Mm -hmm. that he's like here take this but then i guess cole's blood got onto it and that kind of resurrected hanzo which loved yeah uh, that's cool too and yeah, I, I was wondering, you know, there's ice all over the ground. I don't know how they're doing all this fighting without sliding and slipping and falling over everywhere. I'd have yeah. my know. ass like 10 times <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if I'm in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah. 
Ice is slippery. Yeah. Very slippery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Well, Texas froze over this year. I uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you experienced that. that. Yep. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was so cool. And then we get kind of that final moment between them where he takes off his mask. And mm. I love that line, that callback. Because remember this face. Because whenever he stabs him to kill him at the beginning of the movie. And he says, you know, remember my face. Because... <laughs> You know, I'm, I will come back for you. I'll have my revenge. And this is that moment when he gets to. And then you, the line you mentioned, Daphne, about, you know, you thought, you know, you could, you know, send me to hell. And the fires be like, I controlled the, the fires of hell, which is a great throwback because that's been since the very first Mortal Kombat game. Well, uh, Scorpion's finisher is he like takes off his mask to reveal a skull and then just like, th- like throws fire, breathes fire all over the opponent and burns him to a crisp. So the fact that that's how they wanted to like get that final kill on Sub-Zero in this movie. Perfection. It was amazing, <laughs> right? Uh, he used the flames of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. I want to like stop <laughs> recording for a little bit and go watch it again. Right. <laughs> I love it I so had to much. stop myself today. I know. I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't watch it again. I don't have enough time, but oh, I'd like to watch it again. I know. I'll know I'll be watching it quite frequently. It just, um, yeah. like I said, just, it hit all for me, the emotional notes. Um, yes. I, because I mean, as a, like, as a film, because it's it's kind of riding the bubble critically in sure, fan service sure. right now, yeah. And I get that because story wise, plot wise, it is lacking a lot. Sure, there's a lot of plot holes. Yep, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that don't make sense. Yep. and it's. But I think going into this being like it is a blockbuster movie, mm-hmm. it is a popcorn flick. It's Mortal Kombat. You're not there exactly. If you've played the games, especially, you know, even in the games, as amazing as they are, the story gets so convoluted. Yep. <laughs> a lot of times so it's like i'm not here 100 percent for that like give me something that i can follow that makes sense to a degree but i'm here for the fight scenes i'm yeah. here for the blood i'm here exactly. for the character this ain't the last of us man right no. <laughs> this ain't the last of us that's not the video game that we're covering here that's deep and has yeah. you know a very intense emotional storyline you know mm-hmm. um I love that. I love that. It likes just hearing you guys talk about it again. It makes me relive all of that. And I just want to go watch it again. Like right now. It was exactly, so good. Yeah. Um, My first watch, I was kind of like, ah, okay. It had a lot of the great stuff that I love, but mm-hmm. then like the story, I was a little hung up, but then yeah, watching it a second time. And then I was like, Nope, you know what? I'm loving this more. And I feel like, no, this is a movie that you want to throw on and just like watch with a group of people just, just entertainment have a good value. time with. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, nope, this is, this is great. Uh, this is one that I could easily revisit over and over because you're going to find little things that you didn't see before, little nods, little Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And then it's always, like, Oh, here comes this part. It's one of those <laughs> things like, Oh, oh you got to check this out. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you you want to watch it with a group of people who have never seen it. Yeah. Just so you can be like, <laughs> so be that one person who's looking over at them. Like, Ooh, Ooh, how are they going to react to this? It's coming. It's coming. No. <laughs> what are they going to do when yeah. that fatality comes up on the screen? Um, oh, yeah. so many fatalities. So, so cool. So good. Oh. Um, great number threes. I'm. I. It's like I said, really jazzing me up, and it's hilarious. We're all really in sync tonight with our number three because my number three, of course, was just to start off with that I love that this that they decided to take this movie and make it an origin story for Scorpion. You know, he mm-hmm. is an OG character, you know, from the very beginning. I mean, from the very first game you had Sub-Zero and you had Scorpion. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Scorpion was one of our faves, definitely my daughter's favorite. If I had a nickel for every time that she had, you know, killed me with Scorpion, you know, they get over here and, <laughs> and pulled me aside and then just, you know, proceeded to plummet the shit out of me, you know, when her and I are playing Mortal Kombat, you know, I, I, I would be doing something else other than podcasting because I'd be rolling in the dough. <laughs> um, but it's, it's great because he's, I love that character. He's a great OG character. And, um, so I think it's appropriate that they decide to kind of, you know, give him an origin story here in this movie. I mean, he's a fan favorite and it's totally appropriate. Um, so it was great to see how he started out. Like he's this just total badass ninja. Like he didn't start out as Scorpion, yeah. you know, he's just this badass ninja part of a clan. And I liked how they humanized him, you know, like we get that story, we get, you know, he has this family and, you know, I, I love that they tried to give us that connection. And, and for me, it worked, um, you know, so we kind of care about him and can, you know, feel, you know, kind of what he's going through in that moment when he, you know, comes back and discovers that his wife and son, you know, um, are dead. And he is, you know, fighting, of course, his rivalry and he loses and um, is unable to, at least he thinks in that time, not save his baby girl. You know, so I love that. I love it that, you know, um, it, it was believable for me. It wasn't anything too far fetched. I know that this was not a perfect, perfectly constructed story. And, you know, like you mentioned, Pig, there's some plot holes and, you know, but I feel like it's better than what we've gotten before, which was almost yeah. nothing. You know, we're, we're getting some reason behind, you know, these rivalries and, you know, what's going on between all these different realms and, um, and the reason for them. So I love that they put something together that for me, makes sense as far as you know oh, okay that makes sense but it doesn't have to be deep i don't need anything too deep with mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. you know um, <laughs> i know what i'm getting you know whenever i i turn this game or this movie on so i i loved it and it seems like we're all on the same page as far as that. i i think you guys had um some really good points there and i don't think i have anything to really add to that because i think we've covered it pretty well as far as scorpion being you know the um you know, like the origin story of him and, you know, the fight sequences were great. It was great. You know, I, I do remember in that beginning fight sequence when he grabs, um, I don't know if there's a specific name for that blade, um, that he used, but when he grabs it and he ties the rope around it and he starts using that in the fight, I was like, Oh, I was like, is he going to be Scorpion? <laughs> but then when he died, I thought, oh, maybe not. So I thought, well, he's going to have a descendant. That's what they're opening it up for, right? Is that they think that he's killed his bloodline, but oh, we know that's not true. Would it be Cole? And would he, would he pick up like that move and be like our Scorpion? Um, mm-hmm. But then it didn't turn out that way. But I, it, it got me so excited. I, I I recognized it immediately. And I was like, oh, that's oh, a yeah. Scorpion move. That's a Scorpion move. <laughs> That weapon is iconic. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. This, this game just, I mean, I had so many like emotional orgasms throughout this whole film (laughs) that I was just like on my couch, jumping up, screaming at the TV, like, whoa, yeah, baby. You know, so excited to see um, certain moments and stuff. And that was, you know, that's definitely one of them. So yeah, super awesome. Yeah. That um, blade that is actually a tool that, they used for like gardening and oh. it's called the kunai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was curious about it. So I went digging and nice. yeah, it's called the kunai. 
And yeah, (laughs) they used it. I mean, he basically took a tool that his wife, I think his wife was even like using something similar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he just wrapped the string around and, and the music and the score and yeah, it all came together. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, Well, Daphne, what is your number two? Oh my goodness. Okay. So this was off my list, but then I put it back on at the last minute today because <laughs> I had such a hard time choosing. I probably could have done a top 10. Um, <laughs> so this one is my number two is the music and the tie-ins to the video game series, which we've kind of already talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. but there were some different things throughout the film that were like Easter eggs and just things that you know, having seen the game and hearing fatality or flawless victory, you know, when you hear those things and then they pop up in the film, it's just like, oh, yes, this just it's making me feel good. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a movie that I could watch again. I can have it on. I don't have to think too hard. I can just enjoy it for what it is and be excited when the fight scenes come up because yep. I do love a good fight scene. So. <clears throat> they gave us some of the characters, but not all of the ones that are actually available. So there are so many more that they can totally there's, do sequels. I think out of all the games, there's been a total of like 76 playable yeah. characters, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, pulling that right. number off the top of my head, but I was watching those videos <laughs> last night. So that's kind of where I, I think that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they didn't use all of them. Although I think people, the most popular character in the movie didn't survive. So I don't know going forward because a lot of people really loved Kano. Mm -hmm. And for me, watching it, watching him at the beginning of the movie, I'm thinking, you're not a good guy. You're not a good guy. Why are you with the earth? I mean, why are you with them? Because you're not good. I know you're not good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, of course, he flips. But um, like I said earlier, like in the the original film, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, they were really just minions. They were not what they became in this movie. And they stood up, stood out. But um, so there were a lot of little things like when they were at Sonya's office, house complex i'm not sure what to call it (laughs) um she had all these news articles on the back wall like she was tracing different things trying like collecting all this information well there were a lot of little things on that information Mm -hmm. where it didn't really zoom in for very long so you would miss it Mm -hmm. but one of the clippings she had was of a matoka warrior which is kind of Nightwolf. 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 So I was yep. excited. Yep. <laughs> like, yes. Yep. Okay. I did it. When I saw that, I out loud, I just went, Night. Nightwolf. <laughs> you did the voice. You yeah. Did oh, I, I did it. I have in my notes just so many times throughout the movie. I was like, when a character would pop up, I couldn't help myself. Like, it was like the game. Yeah. Nightwolf. Reptile. Reptile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, King. my God. Me too. Wow. Like, hey, yeah. yeah. Just every, yeah, every time. You every can't time. help it. You can't. Yeah. You can't help it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit later, there was, um, or a little bit in the quick little glance that we got, there was this picture of a pot and it had a centurion on it which is of course 
Motaro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then when Cole and company were walking by different murals in Brayden's temple, they passed one that had Shao Kahn mm-hmm. and his big, mm-hmm. you know, wrath hammer. Um, they, and also another, um, like mural of Kotal Khan, who was a former emperor of Outworld. Um, he's kind of like a, uh, like Mayan Aztec. Yeah. Aztec. Yeah. Like he's got that very, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole of, are they related? Is he related to, um, Shao Kahn? No, they're not. But I was going down rabbit holes. Because I just wanted to know. So that wonderful gold amulet that our good friend Kano was trying to take um, was the amulet of Shinnok. And Shinnok is, of course, a very evil elder god. So that was another tie-in. You also got to see the blue-bladed fan of Kitana, Mm -hmm. which I thought was very cool. And another... um, one of the last murals or paintings was the great Kung Lao, which is, of course, Kung Lao is a descendant of the great Kung Lao. No one can see me doing air quotes, but that's what I'm doing. Um, and it was actually a mural of the la- uh, last time that Outworld lost Mortal Kombat, and it was when the great Kung Lao defeated Shang Tsung. And then at the very end, we got that wonderful Johnny Cage poster. Oh, which I know there has to be a sequel. It has to be. Yeah. Has to be. They've. I think I saw something that one of the main actors. I think the guy that played Scorpion, honestly, um, uh, has signed on for like four or five movie contests. Yes. Possibility. I, and I yeah. haven't studied the actors' names. I think it's Sub Zero, the guy that played Sub Zero. Yeah, signed okay. out. Okay. Signed on for four. Yep. But they won't. Okay. Con- they they won't confirm anything official. But that's yeah. what we're being told is he's signed on for four. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bring it on. We need it. (laughs) Um, And then the last couple things that I really liked were um, Kung Lao saying flawless victory after he killed Natara. Because Mm -hmm. I just, when he said it, it just took me back to the game. Um, (laughs) And then when um, Liu Kang kills Cabal with the big fire dragon and he says, fatality. I, that those things took me so far back to the game. It was like, yeah. okay, we need to play this now because I've seen the movie and now I want to play the game, even though I've well, never Luke, really played it. Luke <laughs> Kang changing into a dragon is one of his famous yes. fatalities as well. So I do Ugh. love that. <laughs> yeah. So I got really hung up on those tie-ins and throwbacks and yeah, it just made me feel more connected to the movie. So that's my number two. Awesome. I love that. Um, Pake, what is your number two? All right. Well, this one was actually my number one, but I'm going to go ahead and just stay in line since we're talking about it and, (laughs) and and switch that up because yeah, my my next point. So it'll, I'll make it my number two was the nods to the games and a lot of the lore. And so let's see what I've got. Um, Yeah. We talked about Hanzo's iconic weapon being the scorpion, blade on a chain situation that's that's really cool and then uh i noticed there's a few times where they kind of break the mold but for the most part they stick to all of the fights in the movie being one-on-one 
to keep mm-hmm. that nod to to the games. Mm-hmm. Plays a lot of homage to that is seeing, you know, these one-on-one battles. We get, yeah. you know, so-and-so versus so-and-so. Yeah, because we know. didn't get an actual tournament, you know. Yeah. No. We didn't get the Mortal Kombat tournament. They didn't have the actual tournament yet. This was, they they were cheating, you know, Outworld. <laughs> and so, but they kept it, like you said, Pink, they kept it in that style, which I love. Because yeah. that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted yeah. that one-on-one Mortal Kombat style fighting. Yep. Yes. So I love that they did that. And then some of the characters that we got that are really cool. I mean, Reptile, we got a little bit. It was a mm-hmm. much more... A little bit different like, version, right? <laughs> lizard creature yeah. version yeah. of Reptile. Not necessarily the like humanoid ninja that has a like lizard head. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> It was cool because his fight scene, because you I mean you get, you know, the the tongue is a big thing, you know, a big fatality for him is he'll just grab somebody's head with his tongue and rip it off, which is like a big thing. Yep. Or the the acid vomit mm-hmm. and spit that he throws up. So we got those. But the, he actually did during the fight with different with with Sonya and Cole and Kano. There were a few little martial arts moves that were pulled off by this lizard, which is kind of fun that they, <laughs> they you know, snuck in a little bit of his ninja background. Which was cool. Uh, we talked about yeah the Nightwolf thing, which I'm hoping you know going into sequels, uh, if we get that, that we might actually have a chance to see Nightwolf in the movies, at least a version of him or her. Wink, wink. Ooh, because yeah. the the article that was there, <laughs> it kind of made it seem like the Nightwolf title. It's kind of like again, I'm making a Black Panther reference, mm-hmm. but like that it can be passed down to the different like you know lineage of that tribe. And so it sets up a way to, we could see a future like ancestor of the original Nightwolf become Nightwolf in a movie. And that That would be fun. That could be great. Yeah. We get, uh, you know, Kung Lao and his, as Kano loves to call it, his Frisbee hat. Uh, (laughs) Love that hat. Oh my gosh. It was great. Such a cool thing to see. He also has an ability to like phase through things, especially the floor. Yes. And we see it once when he makes his entrance into the movie, and then it's never mentioned again past that. And I'm really kind of sad about that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Needed to see that more. He was definitely gone too soon, too. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. He really was. Yeah. But of all the characters that died in this movie, I do like that they gave Shang Tsung kind of the line of death is a portal. Death is only another portal where yep. it's kind of like, mm-hmm. we can bring these people back. And I'll mention that again later on characters I want to see in sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, just some lines that I thought were great. I mean, of course you get the, you know, Kung Lao's flawless victory after he oh. takes out Natara with the best fatality in the whole movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Can we just agree on that right now? Can we just agree yeah. on that? Because I... That's my vote. <laughs> Splitting her down the middle head first on the spinning hat, which is a fatality uh, in yes, one of the is. games. Uh, a lot, And then in other games, he likes to do it from the other way where he sets the hat between their legs and then grabs their legs and pulls them through and goes bottom to top. But <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so good. Either way is, either way yeah. is not the way you want to go. No. <laughs> but I love that they brought that in because that is, it's just the coolest one. And then... Yeah, we get Kano, Kano wins, and oh, they goodness. just like to throw these like little lines out. But even when they first face off the two teams in the training thing, and you hear Shang Tsung be like, finish them. Like, <laughs> I know. They, they just love throwing these little things in. Um, while Kano's training with Liu Kang, 
he has a line. He says, "Is that the only mo? Is that the only move you know?" Which because he just <laughs> keeps trying to sweep the leg. And I was like, "That is that's a great nod. That's funny because there's those people who like to just spam one move over and over when they play." Yeah, <laughs> and just, so yeah, it's a good nod to that that like Kano's getting frustrated with him. He's like, "Do something different." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard because I. I, I didn't do it all the time, but if I wanted to piss someone off who maybe wasn't someone as familiar with how to play the game, uh-huh. I would just taunt them so hard with the with the leg sweep and just yeah. do it over and over and over again. And they get so pissed off, like, I can do something else. And I'm like, but this is working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is exactly. doing yeah. the job. Um, and it would just be funny just to harass that other person. So it was have- t- hilarious <laughs> that they gave a little yeah. nod to the leg sweep and how annoying it can be. Oh yeah, I have Don't. pissed off and beaten though many experienced players by just spamming the teleport yes. move from Ermac. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's my yeah. Uh, so yeah, sometimes when it works, you just gotta go for it. Yeah, yeah. D- if it's not broken, you get don't have to fix fancy it. Fancy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, just a lot of the, like the little like special moves from the games that they had to make sure to throw in, which are like I mentioned reptile. But then, like, Shang Tsung with, the, like, the soul-sucking move is, like, a big deal. Uh-huh. So it was cool to see that. Uh, Cabal with his, like, super speed and, like, yes. being able to kind of manipulate, like, the energy around him was really awesome. Melina and her portals. Like, you just get these little things and you're like, man, it's so cool that they just make sure to sprinkle in all these little nods. Be like, yes, we know who these characters are and what they can do. And we're going to make sure to show it off at least a little bit. Um, you know, Jax finishing <laughs> finish him uh, Reiko I thought that was really cool I mean smashing his head with the that's a big fatality for Jax it yeah. always has been and I did notice though as like right before he finishes him you see they're standing on that platform and Reiko's like wobbling he's kind of got that yes! just like right before when you get that finish him you know message in the games is whenever you've taken their like health all the way down you get one more move and they're just kind of standing there wobbling and they they played that off visually, and I was like, "That's that's really clever," and I'm glad they did that. <laughs> Me too. Very well done. Yeah. So I think the last part that I have that yeah is just like sequels and stuff moving forward, what we could get and what we hope to get. And I mentioned the Nightwolf thing. Johnny Cage is a guarantee because we get <laughs> we get the <laughs> the poster. So that's really cool. Um, Shao Kahn would be awesome to get. I know they set this up as like Shang Tsung being the like leader of Outworld when really he is. He's, yeah, yeah. Shao Kahn. But is. I think they could mm-hmm. easily fix that just by being like, oh, okay, while I was away doing whatever leader things I do, you were in charge, but now I'm back. You know, it's an easy fix. And then let's see. Uh, so yeah, ones that I would hope to see. In future games, I think would really go cool. Some of my favorite characters. This is more of just like, here's a list of my favorite characters from Mortal Kombat Mm -hmm. games. And who I would love to see that we didn't get to see in this game. I mean, you know, Katana, you mentioned her blades were seen. There's Jade, Sindel. Ermac has always been my go-to, my favorite character. He's one of the original ninjas who then was given like these like telekinesis and (laughs) teleportation powers Mm -hmm. and stuff. Really cool. Shiva is another uh, Shokan, like Goro was. Yeah, or Shotan. Shotan. Um, Baraka is an incredible Ooh, character yeah. that I would Fierce. love to see on screen yeah. <laughs> with those teeth <laughs> and the blades in his arms. <laughs> Be great. Uh, Smoke is another great ninja character. Yeah. Who also, he was ninja 
and Cyborg. He kind of did both. And then, of course, there's Cyrax and Sector, who are the other Cyborg characters. It would be really cool to see. Quan Chi is another great, powerful one. And then the last one I want to mention, which I think has a lot of likelihood, is Noob Cybot, who mm. in the lore of the games is Bihan, the original Sub-Zero. Yeah. After he is killed, he comes back and he doesn't have ice powers anymore. Now he has these like dark abilities where he can like create clones of himself. And it's like all this like very dark, mysterious like shadow yep. stuff. And... I think that would be a great way to bring back. You said, you know, the actor has been signed back on. So even though Sub-Zero is gone, I think we can get Noob Cybot and have him come back and reprise that role. And then there is an apprentice to Sub-Zero that shows up in the game. His name is Frost, and we might be able to see her. Yes. So that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with all of that. <laughs> Yeah, you pretty much listed all of the characters I wanted to see in the sequel, <laughs> yeah. except maybe Kenshi and Kintaro, I think. Yeah. The other two. There was one that I read that was almost in this one, and then it didn't work. Rain, I think. Mm. Yeah, was almost in this one. Yes, um, Rain was but- originally in the script, but then they just felt like they didn't have enough for him to make mm-hmm. it worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that they didn't... Um, I mean, clearly so many of us sitting here when you're a fan of the game and you know, this movie is coming on you're you see from the trailer and you get some sneak peeks at who's going to be in it, but you're like, well, who, 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 who all is going to be in this movie. And of course, when you're watching it, you, you want some of those characters, but I'm so glad that they didn't uh, give us too many because then Mm -hmm. I think it would be messy. And, you know, um, then it just leaves you uh, an open door for the sequels to bring some of those characters in. You know, we lost a couple, you know, in the first one. So we can either bring some back or we can bring in some of those new characters and bring in some new flavor. So, and it sounds like we might need more because what did Shang Tsao say at the end was um, it won't just be, you know, fighters. I'm going to, I'm going to bring an army. I'm going to bring an army. Yeah. So sounds like we're going to have the need to, you know, gather and recruit a lot more <laughs> warriors for an army to meet that uh, battle that's to come. So, um, so as, as much as what, you know, I was like, Oh, I really wish we'd had so-and-so or oh, I really wish we'd had this person. Yeah. I'm kind of glad because then it's, it's too much to juggle. We've seen so many movies and shows that when they have too many characters, if you don't treat it properly, it just, they don't get, they don't get their fair share and they don't get treated. Right. So I'm glad that they didn't overdo it with too many um, characters. Um, so yeah. I'm just fingers crossed for the next one that we'll get some of those guys. <laughs> yeah. I think Shao oh, yeah. Kahn needs to come back pretty soon. Cause if he doesn't, who knows what Shang Tsung is going to do and how, what Outworld <laughs> will look like yeah. by the time he does get back. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, well, my number two, I had a couple of Easter eggs too. Daphne, I think you covered a couple of them, uh, but let's see what I've got on my list um, that maybe we haven't already talked about. So uh, one of them is um, the man that took the belt from Eddie Tobias. So Jax refers to Cole Young as the man who took the belt from Eddie Tobias. And that mm-hmm. name is a dual reference to the two men who created the very first Mortal Kombat arcade game. Ed Boon and John Ooh. Tobias. Yeah. Um, which right. actually, because I mentioned Noob Cybot earlier, mm-hmm. 
that's where they get the name for that character as well, is their last names backwards. Isn't that awesome? Boom, t- Tobias. Oh new, my Cybot. goodness. I, I, yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. Um, well, Tobias only continued with the series through Mortal Kombat 4, and how he works for another gaming company, Boone remains involved in the Mortal Kombat game series as the creative directors of Warner Brothers Never Realm Studios. So badass. I'm so um, glad he's still involved because they can have that consistency from the original mm-hmm. games and build on it instead of like taking it off in too many directions that take it away from the essence of what made it fun in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Um, love how they throw that stuff in there. Um, there is a scene with the graffiti. So if you watch the background during the scene where Jax squares off with Sub-Zero, you can spot some graffiti on the wall. And that graffiti has a down arrow, a right arrow, and the letters LP. And that's how you throw Sub-Zero's ice ball in the original Mortal Kombat <laughs> arcade game. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that badass? That's awesome. I love it. So um, if you watch, it's it's right when Sub-Zero is freezing Jax's arms, um, when that graffiti is um, visible um, in that scene. And, uh, of course, director uh, Simon McCoy, that's how you pronounce his name, I'm terrible with names, um, said he was very happy with how that that turned out. Um, Nice. So, yeah, that's nice. Um, You mentioned the Nightwolf cameo. So, yep, that... Um, that was um, noted there as well. He was introduced in Mortal Kombat 3, a frequent playable character in many Mortal Kombat games since then, up to and including the recent Mortal Kombat 11. I don't have 11. I have 10 um, was the last one that I got, so I'm going to have to get that 11. Um, next one. Oh, we mentioned Raiden's Mural. So you mentioned... Um, Let's see. They didn't wind up. Shao Kahn, um, the Emperor of Outworld. He's one of them among others. So, yep. Good good eye on those murals, Daphne. Um, Paik, you mentioned the Lu, <laughs> the Lu Kang <laughs> sweeping of the leg. <laughs> I can't help it. I just, I'm giggling as I'm even thinking about it because it's hilarious. That- Is that the only move you know, mate? He <laughs> just cracked me up. And he just kept doing it and knocking him down. And he's yeah. doing it because it's like, well, it's successful. And I'm like, that's what I would do mm-hmm. sometimes just to piss someone off because I'm like, well, it's working. You're not getting me because I'm sweeping the leg, um, which is mm-hmm. an inside joke in the in the Zed group as well with Cobra Kai and all. That. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I just I love how they put that in there because oh, I goodness. thought, yep, that move will piss you off to no end. Um, <laughs> um, Kung Lao's buzzsaw half fatality, a, a really great Easter egg, like you guys mentioned. You know that he, um, you know, ha- ha- threw his hat on the ground and used it like a table saw um, and flew Natara right into it, slicing her in half. Amazing, um, you know, fatality and a flawless victory. You guys mentioned that was your favorite fatality. That was not my favorite, but it was awesome. <gasps> Yeah, it was definitely up there. I mean, I love them all. I love them all. But um, oh, great. I, I can't say that one was my favorite from the movie. Um, Jax's head smashing fatality. That's a classic. Um, you mentioned that one as mm-hmm. well, where he gets to pop the opponent's head uh, like a water balloon. That is taken almost exactly from uh, his fatality way back in Mortal Kombat 2. So that goes back a while. Um, another one is Liu Kang's. Uh, dra- dragon fatality you mentioned that one that one's my favorite 
Um, I just <laughs> that was my number two. I thought that, I, that was just it was hard. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. Yeah, there was a lot of great fatalities. I got excited every time there was a fatality um, on the screen, and it was really hard for me to decide between this one and Scorpions because I thought Scorpions was amazing. It was an amazing Easter egg that goes way way back with that fatality where he reveals his face and breathes hellfire on mm-hmm. his opponent. Um, but this one, I think kind of, kind of, um, won me out just a little bit, maybe cause it was a dragon. I don't know. You know, I'm a little partial to dragons, um, yeah, but you know, when he, <laughs> he forms his fireball and releases it along the ground and it raises up into this huge, and you get this great view. I mean, wasn't that great to watch, to see this yeah. dragon rising from the flames and Cabal is just like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just comes down and consumes him. And oh man, I just, I, I rose out of my seat. Um, and I watched this. The first time I watched it, I was sick. I had had my second COVID vaccination test. <laughs> and I was like sick in bed. And I was still like, whoa, you know, like jumping up, um, <laughs> even in my illness. So great, great Easter egg. Um, the, um, Mortal Kombat traditional orchestral score, which um, is is fairly famous. I mean, it was used, um, it became synonymous with the original Mortal Kombat when it appeared in the original 1995 movie. Do you guys remember the Mortal Kombat? And then like that techno. Yes. The Immortals. Yes. Thank you, Pick. I knew you'd get it. The Immortals. Knew you'd get it. So when Scorpion shows up for the big final fight with Sub-Zero, you get a new version of that old Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat theme. Mm-hmm. Did you guys pick up on that? Yeah. Yes. yes. I loved the old version that was by the Immortals. Mm-hmm. In fact, that soundtrack for that movie was really good to begin with. Yeah. The old one, 1995. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had great yeah. music, yeah. There were some good points to it, for sure. Um, and, yeah. and the music was, but I, was definitely good. I, yeah, I think the remix that they did, like the yeah. reorchestration. The credits, remix. I got so hyped on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was what I was saying. Cause like the movie ended and then that remix kicks in and I'm just like jamming it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah like, ah, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good. It's like a way of like pumping you up for the movie after you've watched it. Yes. You're like, you're like, oh yes, I need to do it again. Let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> Run it from the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go back, Love go it. back and start it all over. Yeah. That I, I I was waiting for it like the entire movie. And I guess it was appropriate that they put it in there because that's like the big finale, mm-hmm. right? The big, big final fight between the two rivals, Scorpion and Sub Zero. Um, so but I think that if it hadn't appeared at all in the film, all of us fans would have been like, refund, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone need that. rectify that, you know, that we have to have have that um in the film so yeah awesome moment um sub-zero's ice sword so pinky mentioned um and definitely i think you mentioned it too how sub-zero creates his ice sword by swiping his hands in front of his face i mean the way that they did that just the effects were so good in this movie and just they had that close-up you mm-hmm. know where he just um and i know no one can see me because i'm on video um you know the way that he holds <laughs> holds it and then just swipes his hand across and it just forms that ice blade oh my god it's such a cool image they use it in the trailer um and that visual yeah. is taken pretty much verbatim from one of the um sub-zero's victory poses from mortal kombat 10 so mm-hmm. fun little um, it reminded mm-hmm, go ahead yeah, it reminded me of when 
you take the cover off a katana sword. Mm -hmm. Like you pull it out. To me, it was just kind of like that. It just was Mm -hmm. the same type of stroke. Yes. And I liked it. Yeah. It was really effective. And then, of course, um, Scorpion's Fire um, Breath Fatality, um, big Easter egg for fans where, you know, he turns uh, Scorpion turns Sub-Zero into a big pile of ash um, with fire he spews from his skeletal mouth, which is a classic Mortal Kombat fatality. It appeared in the very first arcade game in 1992. Mm -hmm. Does that take us back? Um, (laughs) <laughs> and of course he a long way back yeah takes us all the way back and of course he uh, except for you Pake, um <laughs> i know you played the arcade but you didn't play it in 1992 right didn't play no. it when it came out no. I, mean, I was around but um i was very little, uh, little. yeah <laughs> gotta give you a hard time when you're used a little bit yeah um, i know you played a bit for those of yeah. us that mm-hmm. was there in 1992 um yeah, and then of course he yells, "Get over here!" You know, in the same sequence, and you know, um, just absolutely amazing what we were waiting for, and was just music to my ears when in that scene when Cole is fighting Sub Zero, and Sub Zero is just about taking him out, right? And then all of a sudden you get that shot of that blade going through Sub Zero. I mean, I just lost my shit um, because I knew <laughs> what was happening, and that Sub, you know, Scorpion was was you know then like resurrected if you will from hell and that we were going to get something amazing um so yeah just reliving it just brings back all the feels so (laughs) that's my number two are all just the fun easter eggs sprinkled throughout um awesome so daphne what is your number one well, we've kind of talked about all of it mixed up in all of the other pieces. Okay. And it's basically the future of the movie franchise and what direction it could go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already talked about a lot of the characters that could be in the next ones, including Johnny Cage, which we got that little tease at the end. And I have to think based on the box office with the limited box office that it's been allowed to make, it's made back its budget, which yeah. not a lot of movies have been doing. It's rough right now, man. It's really rough. Mm-hmm. So it's it's up about $20 million on what it costs to make it. So I have to think that looks good, considering. Although I'm, I still struggle with what is good during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like for box yeah. office draw. I know. It's just not the same. So I'm hopeful... I'm hopeful that they will make a sequel. I'm hopeful they make a sequel that's better than the last sequel that was made for the original movie. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, like I said, I I haven't seen it since it came out. And then whenever I was like, oh, I'm just, I'll just have it playing in the background, you know, while I'm finishing up some prep and stuff. And wow. It. Yeah. It's just not good. It's. I know there are people that like it, but it's just, it's just not good. (laughs) There were a few things about it that were okay, but the recasting did not help. No. Like, they had to recast several of the key characters. Yeah. And they killed Johnny Cage right away. I mean, like, yeah. And spoiler alert if y'all haven't seen it, but yeah, Annihilation within, like, the first five, ten minutes, Johnny Cage is wiped out. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck? You know? <laughs> With, like, like no good reason at all. It wasn't even a good... Like battle, no. it was just a terrible, just I just so dissatisfying, terrible. Ugh. 
Yeah, we got Jax, mm-hmm. but they recast um, Raiden, Johnny Cage, and Sonya were all recast. Yep. And I think it just took some of the momentum away did. from it. Um, and of course, those movies were focused mostly on Liu Kang. Like, he was kind of the main warrior mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. movies. And I feel like I like what they did in, with the direction of making Cole the Descendant. We've talked about this already, but making Cole the Descendant of Scorpion, I think, was a cool, clever way of telling the story. Mm-hmm. And by not making him Scorpion, I think that was also clever because I think people were probably thinking, as you said, that that's the direction it was going to go. So I think it was also Mm -hmm. very clever not to give into that and have him do his separate thing. So I thought that was that was cool. Um, But I I just think that there are a lot of opportunities for them to bring in some of the other characters and do it the right way. I mean, Paul W.S. Anderson was the director for the first one. He does do a decent job when it comes to video game franchises, bringing them to life on the screen, usually starring his wife, Mila Jovovich. (laughs) However, um, I think there's just a lot of room with these other characters and stories that can be explored, Um, especially Katana. I mean, she has such a... She has a bigger role to play, I think. And there are just Mm -hmm. other pieces. Plus, you know, Mm -hmm. Shao Kahn and Quan Chi. And there's just, yeah, there's definitely a lot more places that this can go. And I hope that they get the opportunity to tell the story. And I honestly hope that they bring the director back. Because I think when you allow someone to tell the, the, to do the first movie and then continue on with the series if they're interested i think it does help with the consistency and fans already know what they got from the first one Mm -hmm. and so they may be interested oh it's the same guy he's doing it and oh look it's the same cast it could be good that i think can set it at least set it the table for it to be successful yeah you need a good story but i think that there are there's potential for that if they Go down the right road. So yeah, that that is my number one. Uh, it was really hard for me to order them because <laughs> they kind of connect, but I wanted to be able to elaborate on some of the different things. And Pake so eloquently explained and listed all the characters, so I don't <laughs> feel like I need to do that again because I have a list. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's okay. We'll all the characters. Plenty of time for notes, so you'll be able to get in all your points as much as what you okay. want. We won't leave anything out. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Pake, what is your number one? I'm finally breaking away from the mold today. <laughs> um, no, I don't have the future of the franchise as my number one. Um, no, uh, my number two is just, I think, the character that stole this whole movie for everybody, and that is Kano. Oh, I. Yes loved Kano so much. <laughs> He's just just an incredible character, even as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He, I've seen the memes and stuff where they were just like, you know, uh, Josh Lawson, the actor who plays Kano, hospitalized for having to carry the entire movie on his back. For- <laughs> 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 you know, like, it's it's hilarious. But no, he, he did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Just his snarkiness. Like, I wonder... 
how much of his lines were scripted versus improvised oh, in the moment because yeah. he's so quick on his feet and like his snarky comebacks and witty retorts just were perfect mm-hmm. the entire film. Agreed. I love and it's like in small moments too, like when they uh when he's tied up at Sonya's place and Sonya is explaining everything to Cole and Cole asks, Where's your marking? And she goes, I don't have one. And then you just hear Kano in the background. You don't even see him, you just hear him wah, go, wah, wah. Wah. <laughs> I cracked up so hard. I'm like, that is so freaking hard. That's him. <laughs> it was just so quiet and so subtle. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I liked when he was meeting uh Liu Kang and he's walking over to him and he's like, Okay, that's far enough, MC Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, with the pants. I <laughs> know. Uh, it's yeah, and he's hey, top knot. What's his name? Kung Pao. I don't know. Like he's just <laughs> he doesn't just yeah. keeps going There's over no and over. Filter. And mm-hmm. it's, no filter. yeah, it's great how he just yeah those those lines. But then you know he he gets himself free from those chains by using reptiles like acid, vomit, and I mean basically you know takes out <laughs> reptile. It's very much <laughs> uh, him doing it uh, with you know. Throwing, you know, stabbing the like flare into him so they can keep track of him, and then he's the one that punches through his chest and pulls out his heart, which was a, another, you know, that that's a yeah, that's a Kano Kano fatality, iconic yes. fatality. Yeah. That's what he's done yeah. since the first game or whatever. Back, you know, is p- plunges, th- you know, chest in, or his hand into the chest and rip out the still beating heart. It's very much Kano, uh, and so I I love the actor, even though I've only really seen him in like one other role that I really like recognize him from and know him and it is nothing like this really I'm a big like <laughs> TV comedy like sitcom fan mm-hmm. and he was in the show Superstore he played really? the pharmacist at the <laughs> at the store oh, wow. okay. he I've was Tate to the pharmacist one. and yeah I mean nothing like Kano <laughs> at did he, all did he look similar to the character at all or was it like not at all different? wow yeah it's, he beefed up for this movie for sure wow. but like and you know it didn't have like all like the beard and everything mm-hmm. but no laser it's eye crazy to see in, in Superstore, no. yeah <laughs> Well, no, he had the laser eyes. Oh, okay, yeah. no, interesting, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, he just he stole the movie for me, and I really hope that Josh Lawson blows up from this movie. I hope so. I really think this could. I think this film could make his career like take it to a whole nother level, and I, agree. I would be totally cool with seeing that because he deserves it after this performance for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fantastic because. The previous actors who have played this role, yeah. it did not end well. Was not yeah. as good. It did not end well. It, they they really shined um, a big light on Kano, and it was it was worth yeah. it because this this actor totally pulled it off and brought yeah. some of those lighter, funnier moments. You know, in this. Yeah, I didn't expect sure. it. Again, I. I I knew he was a bad guy, so I couldn't figure out what he was going to be well, doing with Raiden. You know, that's yeah, exactly. It was a good twist to have him. Well, maybe not a good twist. I think we, if you're familiar, then yeah, you're probably like, what are they? What is he doing on this side? Because we know him as the bad guy. So it was cool to see, yeah. you know, 
him going, you know, and betraying the, the good guys. But that's what's really fun about Mortal Kombat is that, you know, you kind of like some of the bad guys, you know, you, you yeah. kind of yeah. root for them. And I mean, I know I've played the game as a bad guy many times, you know, on the, on the wrong Said side. Said Armax my go-to. Exactly. <laughs> I have many times, you know, Sindel is one of my favorite characters that I love to play. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I've played the opposing side and they're fun to root for. They're fun to play as that character in the game. And it was fun to see some of those bad guys get brought to life. And you're kind of liking them. You kind of yes. root for them a little bit. And you're kind of like, oh, I kind of feel bad yeah. that I'm kind of rooting for that <laughs> that bad guy there. But that's yeah. the fun about Mortal Kombat, you know, is, you know, it's not just a, it, it is a clear cut good guy, bad guy. But at the same time, you kind of like those bad guys little bit yeah and his his arc through the movie is really cool because yeah like you know Daphne has said where you're like why is he with the, <laughs> the earth realm champions like this is not really his place and then yeah, i even no. said like man sonya should have killed him and taken his mark in the desert when she could yep. have he was ready for but you know no instead high, he hindsight. got he got uh, gnomed instead yeah he got, yeah, gnomed. He got gnomed instead yeah. <laughs> which is good she did but but yeah, you say he flip he flips so fast. I tried to come up with like a really funny line. He flipped faster than that, and I was like, I can't think of anything. I really, I, I tried, and I was like, eh, that's okay. You, you can't. Don't have it today. It's okay. But uh, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to think of someone on Survivor who, because that is like a, a show where people flip flop yeah. back and forth all the time. But I couldn't yeah. think of one person on the show that everyone would be like, oh yeah, that's pretty, you know. Flipping as much as they did, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. But I couldn't think of anyone. Yeah. But then I thought about it. It was like his little bit of journey into Raiden's like training facility. I mean, first he gets hit with a fireball for saying something. And then the first thing he says to Raiden, he gets blasted with a lightning bolt. It's like, no wonder this guy doesn't stick around with these guys. Like, he's just, I mean, yeah, he's a dick. He but is. like, he's just getting beat up left and right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, he has no loyalty to them. So it makes sense. No. Not at at all. one point, he said something about no Harry Potter shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was another one of his lines. I think he was getting ready. I think he was fighting someone when they were just kind of sparring. Mm-hmm. When they were and training. He just, yeah. Yeah. And he just said, no Harry Potter shit. All right. Yeah. And I'm thinking. His, his snarkiness yeah. is, yeah. When they get to the to the training area and he's just like, Oh, what, you're going to make a magical door appear. So many, or he just won't shut up. And then finally he's the one be like, okay, that's enough talking. It's time for fighting. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he was great. I think if I have to say like favorite character, as far as like, at least, who was the most just like fun to watch? Mm-hmm. Definitely Kano. Josh Lawson. Oh, yeah. Josh Lawson's performance was impeccable. I think it was just awesome. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He was a great um, addition to the cast. He played that role to perfection. Definitely personified Kano and bringing you know a, a video game character to life. It's not easy to do. We mentioned that at the top of the show. There have been plenty of video game adaptations, you know, into movies that were not great. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, and and you mentioned some some lines there that that's uh was also part of my number one was some of these great lines that we got. They, you know, um 
we had one, another one from Kano where he says, what about me, Gandalf? What does my fortune cookie say? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That That's what got him blasted. There were other good ones too. Like uh, Liu Kang had one that says, you're like an aggressive little bunny, soft and useless. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was great. I just, all of that was so good. And you mentioned the other lines that I had. So there are a lot of great one-liners, um, not just by Kano, but a lot of the cast. And I thought that was fun. You know, some really great writing. And it felt true to the characters. Like, it felt true to, like, you know, you, these characters personified and, and put into a 3D image on on the screen. You know, it made sense coming from from them it wasn't like out of character or took you out or didn't take me out of it i'll speak for myself but you know i thought they were great um so that that was exciting for me were were the one-liners um and another part of my number one was just you know um i love that the the writer he's a big fan you know the, the guy that, that wrote it He's a huge fan, and I think that's what this movie needed um, to be able to, you know, to bring us what what they did was sticking, you know, and to the story, um, making yeah. giving us a story that was believable, giving us an origin story that to me made sense, um, and to yeah. because I mean the whole rivalry, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, between. Um, uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Sorry, I kind of went blank there for a minute. Um, that's a backbone of the game. So to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. be able to see some of that origin, I loved that. So, you know, I love that they, they went into that rivalry and, and how it started and, you know, hopefully how that's going to, you know, continue on, you know, whether it's um, whether I hope we get more Scorpion. Because if there's one thing that I'm going to fault them for a little bit is we didn't get more scorpion. I mean, <laughs> love that character so much. And then we only got him just for a little bit there at the end. So it'd be great if we got to see him a little bit more. Um, so I'd lo- you know, I think that that was appropriate, you know, how they got someone who was a huge fan. I, hopefully they'll get him for the next one um, or at least collaborate or at least get someone who's as big of a fan and loves it. They want to yeah. do something authentic. They want to, you know, to keep it real or at least as real as what you can in a video game. Um, and I think that, you know, some folks have to remember that, you know, anyone watching this movie, it's unlikely that if, if you're watching it, that you don't, that you're not at least somewhat grounded in Mortal Kombat history, you know? Um, and there's a lot of great history to, to that, you know, I don't know if you guys knew this, they original plans, um, instead of when they were coming up with an idea for a video game for a fighting game was to create a game based on Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, believe it or not. And he said, no, thank you. Um, and because of that, they ended up, you know, getting some freedom to kind of blend some of this Chinese mythology and give us a little bit more of a fuller yeah. experience. And, um, you know, and it, it became Mortal Kombat. And, you know, of course the game earned this notoriety for, you know, it's fight, it's violence and, gruesome um fatalities um you know and it continues up to this day um you know with mortal Kombat 11 now which is um the most recent and it's still regularly banned in certain countries you know (laughs) but Uh i love and i love that but it hasn't slowed it down at all um you know they they just keep coming up and i think that this movie is by far the best live action cinematic mortal Kombat adaptation um, you know, that we've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super excited that 
or at least hopeful, I should say, that we might get a sequel that will draw more mm-hmm. from that history, um, you know, and it will tap into that lore from from the game. And but I mean, for me, it really definitely nailed the fighting and the fatalities. So, you know, I I'm I couldn't be more pleased, um, you know, with how this this movie turned out. And I, you know, I think it was great. Um, so, yeah, that's. Yeah. It's my number one. So here's it's a little sneak peek for people who haven't listened to an older episode of Run For Your Lives. Because, um, you know, you mentioned the director being such a big fan of the games. And that's what really, you know, made this, elevated this for us the way it did. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes back to, you know, we, me and Daphne recently covered a little while back a mo- the movie Monster Hunter that also came out, you know, at the end of last mm-hmm. year. Which, because she mentioned that director, Anderson. And... um his, his love for those. And so I don't know if I would say it's the ticket for making a good video game movie because, I mean, Mortal Kombat and Monster Hunter are both kind of critically slammed by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I don't, but at least in my eyes, it makes a good video game movie because I actually really enjoyed Monster Hunter too for the reason that like, okay, yeah, maybe the plot and the story lacks a little bit here and there, but the insane attention to detail about the video game stuff, the characters, the the creatures, the monsters, the effects, the world. When you put a lot of work into making sure that the fans of those franchises see the things that they love and can recognize them, instead of being like, we'll take this video game idea, but then we're going to change the whole thing so drastically to make it fit a movie viewer's experience versus making it something for the fans of the video games to enjoy. That's why I think a lot of video games or video game movies fail. Mm-hmm is because they they try too much to make it palatable to everyone versus the people who are going to want to see this the most are the people who are fans of the game. Exactly. And you want them to go in to see there's that shit that I love from the game. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Agreed. I don't I don't think I could have said it better. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, they're yeah. doing a new Resident Evil and I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. for that pretty excited for that and i'm, I'm hopeful that you know because there's so they did so many resident evil um movies and sequels um you know and i love mia hovovich she's wonderful I, I i love her and i don't hate the first one as much i think they tried to to do a really good job of sticking to you know that um history of resident evil in the games and then they kind of took a tailspin at least in my opinion after that but um i'm really hopeful because i'm a huge huge fan of the resident evil franchise i mean i've been playing the brand new and released this weekend um off and on as much <laughs> as i can it's been a crazy busy weekend um but i mean loved you know that game so much and just to see a, a, a really good adaptation of that would would bring my heart joy just like this did yeah um couldn't have been happier. Like you said, Pete, the, the most folks that are going to want to see something like this are going to be the fans. So, and mm-hmm. you're not going to make everyone happy. I know there were a lot of people that had issues with this movie. A lot of people didn't love it. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, whoa. And they were fans. So I'm not, I don't know that I read enough to truly understand what their issues were with it um, and why they disliked it so much. But I'm like, 
you know, I don't know. I think there was a lot of good stuff there, um, at least for me. Maybe I'm just too easy to please, but I'm like, come on, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> We're not getting too deep here, guys. This is not going to be a cinematic no. masterpiece, okay? <laughs> this is a video yeah. game. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll give credit to the people who have their problems, as I can understand. I mean, like I've mentioned the plot stuff. So for those sure. who maybe have those reasons that they don't like it and they've listened, they've made it this far into the podcast going Come on, guys, but why about this? What about that? So I'll throw a line to you people out there a little bit. Yes, I understand plot-wise because you get the whole Raiden is like, you know, the, the gods aren't supposed to get involved. Mm-hmm. And yet Shang Tsung is doing nothing but getting involved the whole time with no consequences whatsoever. I mean, he's straight up just like sending people after the people's family and after them, you know. And then Raiden's still sending back like, I can't get involved. I can't do it. I can't do it. But then yet he takes them to this like zone where... Shang Tsung can't get to them. It's like, well, that's getting involved. He gives Cole the the thing and you know gives yes, him the weapon right. that he knows is going to bring back Scorpion. That's getting involved. So it's like, where do you draw the line of like <laughs> you can or can't get involved only when it's convenient for the plot? So I do sure. understand yeah. those things. Okay, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. But again, popcorn flick. Turn off your brain. Don't try to follow it so heavy. And just enjoy yes. the gore and the fight yeah. and the characters. And I think it's worth exactly. it. Exactly. Don't don't think too hard about it. Don't put too, too much pressure on it. Um, but I get it. I mean, when you're a fan of something like this, um, like Resident Evil or Mortal Kombat or any of these franchises, we're all pretty diehard loyal fans. And, you know, we're quick to either stomp all over it because it's crap or really love it and praise it if it's done well. So I get it. I get it when you're passionate about something and it doesn't turn out the way that you expected it to, or it doesn't turn out the way you want. It's disappointing. So I totally get it. Um, I just, I wasn't quite sure. Um, I guess I didn't read enough on the reasons why it was disliked so much. Just like, Oh, it's crap. Oh, it's crap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why, why is it crap? Tell me why it's, you know, why don't you love it? Or what, what were your problems with it? I just don't think I heard enough of that um, to fully understand yeah. um, because maybe I was too in my zone of blood and gore that I wasn't hearing all of the, the negative or something. I don't know. I'm just like covered in well, blood I over think- here going, Flawless victory, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's hard, no matter what you're trying to adapt, like people who are taking books and mm-hmm. like a beloved book series and turning it into movies. I mean, it's similar. Fans know what they want and you cannot please everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that Harry Potter fan that wanted to see spew Mm -hmm. that never got it you know there's always gonna be some um someone from hunger games that didn't get something that they wanted in the movie series it's gonna happen yep and i think it's harder with video games because you're visually seeing Right. With a book, you interpret it in your head and you make your mind up of what the characters look like, unless there are illustrations in there. You know, they describe them to you, but you picture it in your head. With a video game, you actually see the characters. Mm -hmm. You see what they look like. Yeah. And you expect that. Especially nowadays. You mentioned Last of Us, Rima, where games like that have become a look like a real cinematic yeah. like masterpiece yes. in their own self mm-hmm. without needing a movie or TV adaptation. Yeah. 
you're getting a full visual cinematography, like cinema. Absolutely. Cinem- cine- what is the word I'm looking for? What is that? Like it's like graphic experience or cinema. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. how do you turn cinematography into a describer like <laughs> I that? I got you. But yes, you see what I'm trying yeah, to get? I got you. Cinematographical. Yeah. Cinematographical. <laughs> <laughs> We're making up words. It's <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, but the video games have become that kind of experience mm-hmm. on their own. And yeah. even, I mean, you know, Mortal Kombat, like, even though it started as kind of this meager little, like, motion capture kind of thing mm-hmm. of photos of of actors, it's become this whole thing. Now, I mean, we have almost 30 years of story that's built through these games that is, like, yeah. woven in and out of all the storylines. So, yeah, it's, like you said, you're not going to please everybody. It's hard to you're not. put all of that into a film, one film, let alone, like, you know, like a series or even one that's going to start things off. Oh, man. I mean. I think. Sorry, go ahead. One thing that they did right is they didn't include so many characters that it made it out of control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They kept it just to this certain few, but it was still more than enough Mm -hmm. to give fans a taste. Like this is, these are some of the, the biggest characters from the franchise. And this is your opportunity to, you know, the director's opportunity to showcase them. Mm-hmm. and draw people in. Now, I didn't play the games. I've seen them played. So I kind of, in my head, have always had an idea of what they should look like. I think they killed it with that. I think that I thought they did if fans... With casting. Yeah, yeah. If, fans, if fans have a difficult time with it, they maybe should just go watch it again. <laughs> well, and I mean... <laughs> Speaking of fan loyalty, you know, we talked a little bit about The Last of Us. I mean, um, from the first game to the second game, and I will not talk about specifics of story or anything like that because I know a lot of people are still playing it and trying to work their way through it. But a lot of people were so mad about um, the second uh, video game, the second Last of Us that came out. Um, We're just so angry about how it ended and feeling like, you know, things didn't... um, you know, live up to the characters, um, didn't like Mm -hmm. the different things that happened. And I mean, it was fierce, the backlash to Neil Druckmann and even the actors that played the characters. Now there were oftentimes there was the actor that was the, um, motion capture so they use like their body their face and capture their movements Mm -hmm. and things and then there was sometimes a voice person there was sometimes a few differences but um in in the voice versus the actual actor um and there were actual like death threats to some of them (laughs) based on things that have and i'm thinking guys this is and this isn't even a movie this or tv show this is a (laughs) video game um and and so the loyalty that i mean it runs deep with some of these franchises Mm -hmm. um and even now they're making um an hbo adaptation for the last of us into a series yeah and there's been a lot of backlash because they're they're doing some casting so some of the casting for the lead characters people are pretty ticked off about some people don't like it they're like that doesn't look like that person you made a good point Pake that some of these video games now it's practically like watching a movie or an extended tv show because it's so good the technology has advanced so much that it's almost like you're not playing a video game and so you see that character you don't have it made up in your head you're seeing that character and what they look like and then if they don't get that casting just right to make everyone happy man i i 
applaud anyone who's willing to take on something like that because, I mean, you just know you're not going to get it right. And you have to be okay with that, I guess. Um, yeah. So, which I personally, I understand like the adaptation thing. I know we're going off tangent yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I won't, I don't, <laughs> you know, just not to spoil things. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's people who don't know what the casting is and don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And so I will keep it vague for you. But yeah, I think the casting for Joel and Ellie are both actors that I really appreciate. I do too. And I think it will be as an adaptation. Yeah, they don't look like the ones in the like game. But if you want to see the ones in the game, play the exactly. game. Exactly. So, That's you know. perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, just speaking about the loyalty and, and how fierce it can be and some folks not being happy, I think it's just kind of where I was going with that. But yeah, we got off on a little bit of a tangent. So I know there's some notes. So Daphne, you want to share some of your notes that you have? I have a bunch of little, little things. Okay. Um, I mentioned some of the actors were already martial artists or had trained in the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And that includes Louis Tan, who played Cole, Ludi Lin, who played Liu Kang, Joe Taslim, who played Sub-Zero, and Hiroyuki Sonata, who played Scorpion. So good. And, yeah. And I mentioned already, too, that uh, one of the producers, Garner... Um, said that they wanted to cast characters based on their race and origin country from the games. Um, I love which that. I thought was super. I love important. that representation. You know that you yeah. Have, if you've got a Japanese character, um, you then you have a Japanese actor representing. So yeah. I love that. I like that direction. I feel like Hollywood's starting to go in that direction mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, and I'm really hoping they continue down that road. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. That um, actor, just as a side note, that actor that played, and I, I know you said it, and I'm just terrible with names. Um, the actor that played Liu Kang was like freaking Bruce Lee. Did you see him when he had like yeah. a shirt off? I was like Bruce Lee flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like that dude, yeah, <laughs> was amazing. Yeah. So, and I think was it? It was either him or the one that played Kung Lao. I think it actually might be more Kung Lao, but one of those like doesn't really have any acting credits for the most part. It's all stunt work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Kung Lao. Actually. Yeah, it's yeah. Kung Lao. Cause he also, <laughs> um, the actor that played Kung Lao also was martial artist. Yeah. Amazing. So I think um, Ludai Lin has done a little bit more acting, but. Oh yeah. It's Max Huang that he played Kung Lao. He yeah. actually trained with someone you may or may not have heard of. Jackie Chan. Chan. Yes, mm-hmm. I heard that. Yeah, and he's amazing. <laughs> Jackie Chan is so amazing. Um, so yeah, that yeah. was wonderful. If you're going to train with somebody for stunt work in martial arts, he's like, the, he's your guy. that's the guy to go to. He's your yeah, guy. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think Cabal was actually two yes. actors. I think there was a stunt man and like a stunt man and martial artist who was in the suit, and then they had a voice actor who did the other oh, stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Benjamin Walfish, he's the one that was behind the score, and it was important to him to incorporate the classic Immortals rhythm and vibe, which he did. Mm-hmm. I feel like what Peg said at the end, you're just jamming out to the song. I mean, <laughs> I think once you get through the movie, no matter what you thought of it, the minute you hear that theme, you're just you can't. Yeah, you can't not like get invested. Like, yes, exactly. Goodness. And I actually went back and listened to 
the original theme the immortals did for the 95 film and they go through like listing all the names like um kano mm-hmm. Liu kang they go through all of them they actually and i didn't realize it until i started to prep for this podcast they actually list the seven first original characters mm-hmm. from the game Woo-hoo. so i thought that was kind of cool um Let's see if I have anything else. Oh, I mentioned Kano uh, and the actress who played Kano. Yeah. Um, the first Kano from 1995 actually passed away oh. in 2003, as did the actor who played Kano in Mortal Kombat Legacy from 2011. Oh, no. Gosh, that doesn't yeah. bode well for actors who play Kano. As, as I said, <laughs> oh, I do hope that it goes better. Let's, let's protect that but, actor at all costs because we need <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Yeah. And I, I really did like that final quote that um, Shang Tsung said, which was basically, no matter how many of my people you put in the ground, there will always be another to take their place. Today you've killed my warriors and you think you've won, but death is only another portal. Next time I won't bring warriors, I'll bring armies. And I feel like that sets up potential sequel. So Definitely potential sequel, potential for Sub-Zero to come back because he you see how he kind of starts to just like disappear in that smoke. You saw yes. some other characters. So I, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to get either like a resurrection or they're going to come back. Like you said, Paik, you know, as Noob Sabat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if they'll and cross that, Sub- but we'll see. Sub-Zero yeah. actually has, the character of Sub-Zero has multiple. Th- th- there's a lot of opportunity there to go in some different directions, even though mm-hmm. he, yeah. this, this Sub-Zero died right however there's potential for other things absolutely to come from that so those are pretty much everything that i had because i was able to yeah i was able to talk about everything else throughout the podcast so i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm in a good spot i love it that's great thank you pink you got any notes yeah the only notes that i have that weren't mentioned or brought up throughout the rest of the conversation was just a little like two little notes that I had about Jax uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are on like two opposite ends of of, of because I have like the positive I was like Makai Brooks from Supergirl is actually really great as Jax I remember a couple of years ago when the casting was announced because I was watching Supergirl at the time and I was like okay <laughs> I'm like interesting These, choice, right? <laughs> they picked this guy as as Jax from Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how that was going to roll out, but then watching it, I'm like, nope, he fits it perfectly. I think he does a great job. Um, and then the other note that I had was not as, not not negative, but also not as positive. I just said, he looks really weird with his little robot chicken arms. Uh, oh. <laughs> he reminded me of one of those broken toys from like Toy Story that um, Sid right? like yes. morphed. Yes, those weird, together like yeah oh. pieces is what it reminded me of i was like oh it looks like one of sid's toys yeah <laughs> they were really like it was like a rector set arms like yeah stuck on. it was which, like I, he got real lucky that i guess what we're supposed to take from that is his arcana was like he got his big jacked robot arms mm-hmm. um instead of 
Like, thank God his, like, arcana wasn't, like, you know, <laughs> poison powers, but now he's still stuck with these little yeah, things. Yeah, I got these little things. <laughs> so, you know? like, dude, that's not intimidating <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, right. not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> oh, man. That's too good. Um, the one thing uh, that I had that we hadn't quite talked about, a little bit of an Easter egg kind of callback was when uh, Cole is looking at Sonia's, you know, all of her uh, work and research that she's gathered. And um, he points out the graffiti that she took a picture of that says Mortal Kombat. And he points at it and he goes, mm-hmm. shouldn't that be a C? Or, or however he says that, I might be paraphrasing <laughs> a little bit. Mortal Kombat, shouldn't that be a C? Yeah, it's like, did you make that last part yeah. up? Yeah. They, they didn't even spell it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it laughs so hard because I, I know all through the years, anytime I've spoke to anyone who doesn't really know or understand Mortal Kombat, they're not a fan of the game. And they're just like, why does that spell with a K? And I'm just like, just shut up. Just it, it, <laughs> stop it. Leave it alone. Embrace yeah, it. Yeah, just embrace it. Go with it. So I thought that was really funny. A little bit of a callback, how people would make fun of it over the years yeah. that it's spelled with a K instead of a C. So I, I love that part as well. Um, I think that covered all my notes. We definitely talked about, I'd have to say like everything else. So um, that was so great guys. Um, I think we covered it really well. Like I said, this a total like fan edition, you know, of strange indeed covering this. I know lots of folks didn't love it, but um, you know, we're not going to get too deep and serious on this one because it is a video game and it's just a fun, like you said, Daphne, just turn off your brain. Don't think too hard. Enjoy it for the entertainment factor and just have a good time. Yeah. So thank you guys. This was, it's a love fest. We just had a love fest. I definitely had a big love (laughs) fest. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, I know we covered a lot of different news items. I didn't have anything specific that I wanted to call out. I know we covered a lot of that, and Daphne covered some of that too as well. Thanks for those um, fun items um, that you had as well. So I think we're just going to go straight into um, listener feedback. Um, We just had one that was posted on Facebook. I don't know if people just didn't watch the movie or if they just weren't interested. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they weren't as excited as what we are. Um, So we have one. I'll just go ahead and read it off real quick. Um, This is from uh, Dobolino Bob Grippy. He says, probably the best one yet. was actually better than I thought it would be, though Kano seemed a little played. Hmm. Um, If Ryan Reynolds (laughs) plays Johnny Cage in the sequel, let the eye rolling begin. He only knows how to play himself, with the exception of Safe House with Denzel. Hmm. What do you guys think? Who should play Johnny Cage? Thoughts, hopes, wishes, or dreams on who should play Johnny Cage? There's, there's a few. Hopefully Ben listens to this because I think me and Ben have talked about this a little bit. If you want to go with who actually matches Johnny Cage as far as being a fighter and also like this like Hollywood kind of like pretty boy Mm -hmm. cocky kind of stuff. We've seen it in WWE's own The Miz. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I could see Mike Mizanin in the role. Um, I think he would do it very well. I do. I do like that idea. I don't know if he's really even being considered or wants to do it. He wants to do it. He's actually tweeted at them. So he's an actor. I mean, I haven't seen him in a lot of acting roles, but he's done WWE for so many years and he has his own reality show and stuff. He kind of, I think he could, he could build that persona of Johnny Cage. He's got well. the swagger. He yeah. has the swagger. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look. I was up. gonna mention it if you didn't with him. Mm-hmm. He started out on the Real World. Rima. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. 
had some arguments with a girl on there. It wasn't interesting. It was back when I watched The Real World, which it's been quite a while since I have. So he was on one of the earlier seasons. Okay. And he even did some of like the challenge that they have that's spun off of that. Uh He did a couple of those too. And then he went on to be on Tough Enough, which was a wrestling competition show to pick the next big superstar and not many of the people who were on it or one went on to be like really big but him and he's a couple others have done yeah for professional wrestling and wwe fans he is a household name for sure okay yeah well, so. i'm a little bit out of the wrestling world and have been for some time i'm not as familiar i'll have to brush up um yeah but i, I think but I've ryan seen reynolds that. i i i will <laughs> disagree with with double you know bob Griffey here a little bit to where i think i i love ryan reynolds that is my man crush forever and ever oh, and totally. i think he oh, totally like I think also, I mean, yeah, he plays himself, but himself is very Johnny Cage. Him, I think he he's definitely yeah. a very Johnny Cage character, and he's definitely yes. got the ability, um, the background. I don't know if that's who, I, I honestly, I don't have anyone in my mind, but when someone said Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, um, I was like, oh, well, I could see that, and I think it would fit. Um, would it be a little too on the nose, maybe, to have him do it? Maybe. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be cool for them to find somebody. Mm-hmm. That has a more, you know, martial arts. <laughs> Do you want to know background? who I heard a couple of people suggest? And it was in some article I read, and someone said Jean Claude Van Damme, and I'm like, dude. <laughs> I mean, twenty years ago, I, a, he's a little maybe. old. Say, um, <laughs> look, I'm look. I grew up in the '80s, man, and I am the first yes. to talk about how much I love '80s Blood action sport. movies, Bloodsport. Um, all of them. I'm a huge, mm. huge Jean-Claude Van Damme, the Muscles from Brussels fan. However, yeah. we are not in the 90s anymore. This is not the 90s no. combat. He should right. not be playing Johnny Cage in whatever no. spinoffs or sequels that they have from this. So, no. no. Um, Agreed. So, anyway, I was really Agreed. surprised. I was like, dude, he's like in his 60s. I mean, he's still in amazing shape. He still does splits, man. Yeah. Um, you know, between yeah. the chairs. He's still, he's still got it. Um, but they'd have to have some amazing CGI to reduce some of that aging. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think the, a big part of Johnny Cage is the the hot, young, Hollywood, hot shot mm-hmm. fighter guy. I mean, you have to have that right. part of his The age is going to play yeah, a part. You can't have so. anyone too old. Um, yeah. It would have been a good choice 20, 30 years ago, maybe. But um, Yes. <laughs> anyway, Agreed. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure. I mean, I'll check. You know, we'll see who they get. It'd be, um, I mean, they've, they've done a great job so far with the casting. So I've got faith yeah. that they're going to find the right Johnny Cage if he's in the next one, which hopefully they're not going to throw that out there and then not have him because right. they're going <laughs> yeah. to be pissed. Um, all right. Thank you, Bob, for that feedback. Appreciate that. Um we did get a voice message from our good friend, Steve, which I will play right now. Hello, Rima, Paken, Daphne, and Strange Indeed. Welcome back for this special edition Mortal Kombat. And this is Steve. Um, I had started a whole recording because I thought I was sending this to Run For Your Lives. And then Daphne reminded me, no, it's Strange Indeed. So I had to restart my recording. So a few thoughts I had uh, up till this fight with Jax was that baby's got great timing. He knows when to be quiet and when to be... 
uh, when to, to not be quiet. And uh, I thought the guy at the beginning was like Katori Hanzo, the running thing in Japanese cinema, but he's not. He's just Hanzo Hashishishi. And then I made a joke that was beneath me, so I'm not going to repeat it. That is a gruesome way to die. And I thought the special effects were pretty good with the ice and freezing and stuff. As she just said the name of the movie, hey, it's not Mad Sweeney. Not get, because he's not Mad Sweeney, but he sounds like him and kind of looks like him. But it's Kano. Watch out, Cole. It might be able to dodge a wrench. Hey, Liu King. Look, it can, can you be more dramatic about this? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's pretty cool. But wasn't he in Big Trouble in Little China? With the hat and the throwing and the big saucery thing? Is Kano supposed to be my favorite character? Magic Mike found a shirt. <laughs> you just call him Prince Grogu? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. He just cut that chick in half with his buzzsaw hat. What's in that bottle she threw? And this is a good fight. Better find her Arcana. Arcana? Ar Arcana? Pretty quick. You make a fire dragon? Hey, that's a good Arcana. It's the Shirairu that Scorpion just says. That wasn't bad. I don't know why people were, some people didn't like it, but you know, I'm free. there's a few over the top moments, but there's supposed to be over the top moments, right? It's a, it's a movie based on a video game, based on another movie's premise of based on that video game. So, all right, can't wait to hear you guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh. <laughs> I feel the like beautiful world of live steaming. We love it so much at Run for Your Lives. Yes, we do. Love it here at Strange Indeed as well. I Steve feel like always knows how to brighten up a recording just that much more. <laughs> I feel like it should be live steaming brought to you by something like he needs to get a sponsor. Yes. <laughs> My, I'm literally in pain here from laughing so hard listening to that. I have tears, my face is red, and my belly yep. hurts from laughing so hard. I have missed getting that week-to-week -week feedback from Steve so much. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. <clears throat> I have to compose myself um, because I'm literally just rolling here. Um <laughs> that was great. I'm going to listen to it again when we're done. Um, it was that good. <laughs> it, I didn't laugh hard enough. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Bob, yes. for leaving the feedback. Um, if anyone has any other feedback they'd love to leave, maybe we'll read it on a future podcast. I'd still like to hear what other people thought. Um, if you've had a chance to watch yeah. it, I, you know, it came out a couple weeks ago, so I tried to give a little time for folks to, you know, watch it. We all have busy lives and um, things going on. It's not as accessible, maybe for everyone. So um, we'd love to hear what everyone had to think about it. Um, so thank you guys for the feedback. It means a lot. Um, so next on Strange Indeed, um, we finally have something. To, we have, we a have a next. We actually have something that we're going to talk about. Um, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I talked to Pink about this earlier and he's on board. So we're really excited. We've kind of teased it a little bit, but we weren't quite sure. At least I wasn't sure uh, when it was coming out. But Lisey's story is coming out on Apple TV on June 4th. So that is coming up. So we are going to cover that here on Strange Indeed. I know not everyone has Apple TV. Mm -hmm. I don't have Apple TV yet, so got to figure that out, right? Um, so if you if you are not familiar with Lisey's story, um, it is a novel by American writer Stephen King. 
A or big King fans here seems appropriate. We love King here. Yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs up. I mean, that's what we do here. We do a lot of King. Um, but what's, you know, interesting there, well, there's a couple interesting things, but if you're not familiar, it is a, a novel by Stephen King. It combines the elements of psychological horror and romance. The novel was released in 2006. It won the 2006 Bram Stoker award for best novel. Um, and King stated that this is his favorite of the novels he has written. I mean, holy shit. Wow. Look at how many books this man has put out and published. And Some steep favorite. competition. <laughs> I'm going to say, that's a lot. Um, and what's interesting is the genesis for Lisey's story was an incident in June 1999 in which King was hit by a van in Lovell, Maine and seriously injured. And while he was in the hospital, his wife, Tabitha, decided to redesign his studio. When he came home from the hospital and seeing his books and belongings in boxes, King saw an image of what his studio would look like after his death. Um, yes. So, and then King has written all of these episodes for this adaptation. That is awesome. He has never done that. Um, mm-hmm. when we covered the stand, um, which was the last regular, regular thing that we covered here. And we talked about, um, and Peg, I know you were here for some of that, you know, he wrote, um, mm-hmm. like the coda and we were talking about how yeah. rare that is, because if you are familiar with king and you're a fan and you follow what he does he often takes a step back uh from the adaptations he usually he's usually like nope you take it and you run with it but he felt such a connection with this story and because it meant so much to him and it is one of his favorites and he was looking at these other guys like these guys are doing it why can't i so um he actually wrote all episodes of lisey's story that will be on apple tv so that is coming out on June the 4th. We will be covering that here on Strange Indeed. I hope that you guys join us. I, I'm pretty excited. It's got a great cast. Julian Moore is cast in the lead role. She's wonderful. Clive Owen um, plays her husband. I think it's going to be great. And there's a couple of other great supporting um, cast members in there as well. So I hope you guys join us for that. Yeah. I've actually read the book. Yeah. And worth it. Pretty good. And I... It got mixed reviews, I think, from fans mm-hmm. because it's it's different. Yep. It's not like anything else that I've read by him, but I really liked it. And I think based on the trailer I saw today, there were things in the trailer that I actually gasped because I could see that some of the things were very much what I pictured in my head. Awesome. For some of the different parts. So I'm really excited to, and cautiously optimistic that Mm -hmm. this adaptation is going to be something really special. Mm -hmm. And the, the book was a little complicated at times, but it just, the essence of the story is just really, I think it's special. It's a love story, but it's not just, it's a love story. It's a horror novel. I, well, I heard it. I heard it jumps <laughs> genres a lot. It does. So it yeah. does, which is not common for his books. Right. Like they don't do that, and I feel like this one is special because of that. It's not my favorite, but it's up there for me. Like I really yeah. enjoyed it a lot, and I remember when Stephen King was hit by a van because I live in mm-hmm. Maine, and it was a really it's big news. Yeah, was really big news mm-hmm. because he is our icon Mm -hmm. for the state absolutely (laughs) you know welcome to maine home of stephen king yep 
you know? Mm. So I remember it really well. And it was scary times because they didn't think he would make it. Oh, at it was points. scary for anyone who was a King fan. I think we all were holding our breath, <laughs> waiting to know yeah. that he was going to be okay. Cause I know it was pretty serious and he was, he was very injured. Um, we were all waiting yeah. on pins and needles hoping he would I'm through. hoping I'm hoping to get a chance to reread it before the show. I'm I don't know, I'm going to try. We'll on. see, we'll see if I'm able to to get that yeah. one done. Um got some challenges with my time, but we'll we'll see. Um but it would be cool to, to time read it. is yeah. Time we just don't have enough of. Um, no. Never enough. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, well, we are excited that you joined us and please follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger teacast. You can email to StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, you can check out Paik and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. So do you guys like to give a little (laughs) teaser of what we can expect next and where to find you? Absolutely. I usually always do it every week here on Strange and Dean Record, so I'm going to pass the buck over to Daphne. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Okay. You get a little taste of Run for Your Lives where I just make her do things a lot. (laughs) It's kind of how we roll over there, so I'm used to it by now. Um, So we just released an episode that was about um, a Chinese science fiction film called The Wandering Earth. Mm which was really interesting and different and a good watch. But this week we are releasing an episode on a pretty interesting movie called Cooties. Awesome. (laughs) And because I have been, I'm also co-hosting over on House Podcastica on The Handmaid's Tale, Mm -hmm. we decided we would go in the direction This week, we're going to be releasing an episode on a really fun little film called Cooties. And it's really, well, what do you get when you have one of the creators of Glee (laughs) versus one of the creators of, and I've already forgotten, who is it, Pink? Lee Whannell, he did Saw. Lee Whannell, who did Saw. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm already in the vibe for the next (laughs) one we're recording, which is Snakes on Plane. (laughs) Um, My brain is already in there. So, yeah. So what do you get when you cross Lee Wanell, who created Saw and Insidious, with one of the co-creators of the um, TV show Glee? What you get is a movie that's under two hours and is a heck of a lot of fun. That is an interesting (laughs) And revolves around... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hey, zombie kids in an elementary school. Yes. No, oh. man. It's so much fun. <laughs> Just what I I'm needed. It, it, yeah. So we're doing some Wild. some more fun ones for the next few weeks just to That's awesome. make it a little less intense, I guess. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And be sure to check uh, out Run For Your Lives um, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. I know you guys are on all the platforms yes. and available. Um, you guys have certainly um, mm-hmm. put out some great content and covered some 
very funny um or not well they're not funny like comedies but um you know kind of like funny horror really scary horror um adventure horror and just all kinds of fun things um and uh, yeah, yeah, so definitely hope everyone checks you guys out. And Daphne, you mentioned that you are covering Handmaid's Tale with Jason and another good friend of ours, Wendy, on House Podcastica. So hope everyone, if you are a fan of Handmaid's Tale, um, just a couple of episodes in right now, I think fourth episode that you guys just released, going into the fifth episode tom- yes. comes out tomorrow. Well, fifth episode of the show, not the podcast. Um, I, won't, yeah. I don't remember exactly <laughs> the day that you released, but the fifth episode will air tomorrow um and then you guys i know will put out um that one so you guys are really putting them out there you're doing a great job um with that so be sure to check out um daphne wendy and jason on house podcast to go with handmaid's tale all right well that's our show thanks for listening everyone until next time i'm rima and i'm Pate. and i'm daphne and dabalino bob grippy is strange indeed Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.